Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thank you for us today on Power Your Life, and it's a pleasure to be here. I'm sending out wonderful greetings to everybody. Make sure that you're safe, that you're taking care of yourselves and your families, and know that you matter. And speaking about families, we're going to do a lot today about talking about parenting, and right now for many parenting is very challenging with many kids in the United States and other places being homeschooled. And I have two experts who are going to talk to you about how to create and promote healthier and happier relationships and families and children that are more resilient, and that's so important. And I'm talking about Linda Dell, who's a pre-K through 12 education feature writer. She's worked in early childhood education for over 20 years, and she started the Resilient Families Thrive blog to empower moms with young, anxious children to grow more resilient, happier families, excuse me, during a pandemic and beyond. Linda's been working with mental health professionals, certified trauma therapists, as well as authors for science-based mindful approaches, daily practices, activities, and techniques that can build resiliency, that can curb children's fear, reduce anxiety, as well as increase mindfulness. And my second beautiful guest is Karen DeHaven, who is the founding director of AHA, AHA Studio for Integrated Therapies, She's a professional counselor as well as a licensed dance and movement psychotherapist, and Karen works with children, families, as well as women who are ready to creatively work through their emotional and behavioral challenges. With an advanced specialty of counseling in dance and movement therapy, Karen also integrates both traditional as well as creative therapy techniques for verbal and nonverbal clients made possible by the transformative nature of the creative arts in therapy as an expressive pathway to healing. Hello, you beautiful souls. Welcome. How are you? Hello, Joan. I'm loving the opportunity to be able to speak with you today. Hello, Joan. Thank you so much for having us. Thrilled that you're uh, on board with our mission. Well, I think it's so important. Many families are going through challenges, as I said before, and what you're doing is helping families, especially families with, with, with kids with special needs, and, and not just those, those kinds of families, but all families kind of 
work through these challenges. So let's really delve in a little bit and talk about, firstly, a lot of what you do involves emotional intelligence. So um, let's talk about emotional intelligence and tell our listeners, I don't know who wants to start, Linda or Karen, our listeners, Mm -hmm. what that's about. Um, Karen, if you want to start, you can it's up to you. I'm, I'm sure I'm happy to speak a little bit about emotional intelligence. You know, when we, when we think about intelligence, often we think about facts and the ability to weave facts into a larger story. Um, emotional intelligence is a little bit different. Um, it begins with the ability to be able to identify our own emotional state. Um, then it takes us into a place of, well, when we're dysregulated in that emotional state, how do we get back into control? How do we regulate that emotional place? Um, those are the first two stages of emotional development and, and, and emotional intelligence. Um, and something that is not, um, we're not taught or trained to um, often in our academic um, and educational systems. So it's really important for us to be able to take some time and actually teach that. The the third and fourth phases are actually to be able to, um, third phase, read the emotional state of another person. And then the fourth phase is to actually respond rather than react to what we're what we're experiencing so that we're not activating, but we're actually creating more connection. And ultimately that emotional intelligence is really about that connection to self and then the ability to connect with others. Great. Thank you. So, so Linda, how does it make parenting easier? Okay. And relationships easier utilizing emotional intelligence. Sorry. Parents have a lot on your plate on their plates today, like we were saying, like you were saying. Um, we have never had so many pandemics at one time. And many parents are exhausted, burnt out, and frustrated by all the changes every day. They want a calm, happy, stress-free home. Well, parenting has gotten more challenging today, and it may seem a lot harder, but it doesn't have to be um, if you understand this one thing, how to navigate our emotions by using our internal GPS. Then we can step back, assess, and then respond with less freaking out and yelling at our kids and everyone else. But here's the issue. Um, And this is what I learned about from doing my research. Um, Recently interviewed the assistant director for the uh, Yale Center of Emotional Intelligence, and she was telling me about Dr. Mark Brackett, the director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And what he says in his book is that um, many of us, have been taught uh, to suppress or ignore our emotions. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, we're not using those, that, our emotions to guide and navigate our behavior and our actions. And so um, it doesn't have to be um, that complicated. It can be very simple. Um, if we learn to pay attention to how we mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. And um, we were going to actually walk you through the process um, well, if you'd like to do that, I, I have a question, and that is sure. like, so you're you're saying that many people don't honor their emotions, or have been taught, and rightly so, have been taught not to tap into their emotions, and oftentimes those emotions are suppressed. 
So is what you're going to walk us through how we begin to step to tap into those emotions? Because I think that's so important. And like you said, so many people, it's like don't, you know, you're not allowed to cry, you're not allowed to do feel anger or whatever, but it is important to be able to identify what those are. Is that what the process is about? Yes. Um, it's really getting in touch with how you feel. And with this scenario, you'll get an idea of um, how things can go down versus, you know, um, how if you are aware of how you feel, what you can do. So scenario okay, great. one. Let's, um, let's do it. Okay. Um, is this you? You come in from a hard day and plop your things down, slam the door. You're exhausted, overwhelmed, and hangry. You need some alone time. Nor, no more room on your plate. Mom, I can't do this. School is stupid. Your oldest beyond frustrated. Your Alex comes bouncing in. Mom, Mommy, Mommy, come here. Mommy, now. You lose control over yourself and the situation. Now you're yelling. Get away. Leave me alone. The words fly out and you can't take them back. Now you're in a shouting match with your two kids. You run to the pantry and wolf down a giant-sized candy bar. Nothing can wash away your deep mommy guilt. But we could always have scenario two. And that's where paying attention to what you're feeling comes in. Um, Karen, do you want to do that or do you want me to? If you don't have it in front of you, I can do it. Karen, why don't you do that? Okay. Um, so an, an alternative um, option really is when we as parents or adults are actually modeling um, uh, what, what we want to see in our kids, that's really what the invitation here is. So a, a, a second scenario might be that um, a mindful parent walks through the door with all of the same um, situations um, that that uh, Linda set up, right? That it's been a long day, and there's a low blood sugar issue, and you're walking in, and you're feeling pretty pretty crummy, and kids are pulling for attention and frustrated, and their emotions are hot. To be able to pause for a moment and take a breath and check in with yourself and say, "How am I arriving at home? How am I?" How am I showing up right now? And if it's, you know what, I'm, I'm annoyed, I'm hungry, and I have almost nothing more to give except to walk into the kitchen and, and, um, and start dinner. Um, to be able to pause for that moment and take a breath, check in with yourself, identify what your feeling state is, um, annoyance, hungry, and close to overwhelm. And then simply being able to say, let's take a pause for a second. Mama needs to grab something healthy to eat, and then I want to hear all about your day. Um, to be able to ask for what you need, I need a pause right now. Now, the kids might not be able to immediately um, turn on a dime and, and, and do that, but if, you, if we stick with the messaging, right, we're, we're taking a pause, I'm going to get something to eat, and then I want to hear all about what's going on today. Then 
it's actually taking the space that the adult needs to be able to regulate, take care of self. Um, and then you can actually arrive and say, oh, that kid's frustrated and that kid just wants my attention. And, and then you can actually assess for the situation and then respond rather than being really reactive, um, which was really the, the first scenario is that reactive space. And that always leads to more reactivity, whereas the second scenario is really that space of mindfulness where we can stop and identify what we need, speak what we need, ask for what we need, um, and show that this is an appropriate way of being able to, to be an emotionally intelligent being and still be in connection with your family in a, in a respectful way. You know, I think that's important, and it's not just with kids. I actually work with couples, and I see them lashing out at one another and, and saying things that they can't take back, that they regret afterwards, and, and not being able to say, can we take a minute or or I need to, like, process this or let's pause like you're talking about, and I think that's so essential. I also think that it, isn't it possible, even before the kids rush in or your partner rushes in, whatever, to do that self-assessment beforehand, like check in with yourself many times of the day to figure out, because we all, like you said, both, both said we have incredibly busy and, and right now very tense lives in many ways, be able to check in with yourself periodically, like how am I doing right now? Like, how you know, what's going on? Do I need food? Do I, do I need to breathe? Do I need to do something that, that takes me away from the stress? But, but I agree with both of you. I think it's so important to identify and own what's going on with our emotions and not deny them before it gets to that place that you're both talking about in scenario one where your mom is going off on her kids because she just doesn't have a moment and hasn't really checked in with herself to figure it out. So is there a way to do like like periodically throughout the day, when even when your spouse isn't there or your partner isn't there or your kids aren't there, to own that and check in? I can check Linda? in. Um, I want to add, first of all, to um, what Karen said. Um, just what she said, what, she, what she's taught me, is about using I statements. So letting your family know, I feel exhausted, hungry, and overwhelmed, you know, and to let them know how you're feeling so that they can lean in. Second thing is thank you for mentioning that because that's actually the first piece we put together. Karen and I created a, um, a family feel-good uh, toolkit for families. And the first piece is actually self-care for mom and talks about multiple uh, daily check-ins and the process that you go through. So look for that. Um, that will be, a, like, later on I'll give you my blog so that you can be the first to get that kit. So anyway, um, it's about um, asking yourself, what am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. And it's about thinking about, okay, what was I just doing? What was I just thinking about? What was I, you know, um, uh, considering um, that may have triggered this. And then you need to step back and assess, okay, is this something that makes me feel good, that I'm happy about, that I want to milk, 
and I want to think about and, and experience more? Or is this something that I want to um, look at as a, as a signal, as my internal GPS, so that I might need to step back and do something else to get to my calm state? So actually the kit will help you go through the process, but step one is checking in with yourself. Um, step two is about getting grounded. And so what we do is, and different things get different people grounded. I mean, for example, um, I love Carol King. So if I'm having a hard day and I'm upstairs and I'm listening, I'll just say, Alexa, oh, I don't want her to do it right now. She'll do it. <laughs> um, play play so you, Carol King. Yeah. And, and so I'll be listening to the music. And the, um, the third is, of course, to um, – is, is, to, um, is to then figure out, okay, um, now that I'm calm, what can I do so that um, this doesn't happen again or I don't feel this way, that kind of thing. And, and Karen, feel free to jump in anytime. Well, before you jump in, I, I have something to add to that. What I like to do is try to first thing in the morning after I have a cup of coffee is walk. That seems to ground me and get mm-hmm. me ready and and work through some of the some of the things that I need to do and just gets me in a very calm state that actually helps me through I wouldn't say all of the day but through a considerable part of the day. And I've noticed that when that when I'm not doing that in the morning, whether it's raining or or I've gotten up late or something, it really makes a difference. So I think it's, as you said, Linda, to identify what works for you. Everybody is different, and what works for me, walking in the morning or whatever, may not work for everybody else. You like Carol King. Other people really need to figure out what that is that calms them, that grounds them, that, that allows them be able to move forward with their day. So that's very important. Okay, Karen, take it. Mm-hmm. I you know, to to speak to you know, further what we're what we're discussing, the the ability to stay emotionally regulated is not only a benefit for our physical health and our mental health, but also everybody around us, whether it's people that we're engaging with in, in our work um, the children that we're helping raise and support, the children that we're modeling how to be a mindful um, person who's not constantly flying off the flying off the handle or, or is erratic. Um, whenever we're taking care of ourselves, we are in fact taking care of all of the beloveds around us, our partners, our children, our coworkers. Um, and even extending it out into the community. So um, I, I love the I love the ideas, right? Whether it's Linda's playing her favorite music, or for you going for a walk. For me, it's creating a really mindful um, morning. I start my morning with warm lemon water every morning. I don't plan things first thing out of the gate because I have the luxury to be able to do that. My my day is more back ended. And being able to take time to invest in myself in ways that are often very creative and, um, and you know, sort of production-oriented, whether it's a, a delicious meal to set me up for something um, that I can walk in the door if I'm 
hangry and I know I've got roasted veggies and a soup and it's easy to make a fast salad and so all I need to do is you know, cook up a little bit of protein and I've got a full meal. Um, Whatever that is that we do to take care of ourselves is actually essential for taking care of the rest of the people around us. And once we can do that, then we can actually move over and teach kids how to do the same thing for themselves or start doing it for themselves, right? (laughs) It's so important what you said, and it's not just for ourselves, like you both are pointing out. It's not just for our families. It's for the community as well. And I also am going to add it's for our pets. Children and pets are very, very sensitive to our emotions. Even if we're not getting it, they're feeling it. They're getting it. They, they, they are sensing what's going on. So that's, that's really key. Let's talk a little bit about mindfulness. I work with it. I know what it is, but I'm not sure that all our listeners are keen into, you know, clued into it, what mindfulness is. So... Linda, do you want to start and then Karen can add to sure. it? Sure. Um, so mindfulness for me is um, I also like to start my day um, and get centered and get focused. So mindfulness for me is to let go of all those worries and things that, you know, seem to crowd my day um, so that I can focus on my breathing and I do morning yoga Um, and my poses, and I can get grounded and centered and have some clarity, and then I can, instead of jumping into my day, I can um, move through my day with more flow and more ease. Because what I've found is the biggest benefit for mindfulness is that it's not just for the moment, it's actually how you live each moment in your day. So how would you define mindfulness, Karen? So I love I love what, what Linda, you know, provided as, as an example. Um, mindfulness is the ability to arrive in the moment right here, right now. And um, it, so it, mindfulness is not about what happened five minutes ago or last night. And it's not about what's going to happen in five minutes or in the future. Um, mindfulness is the, the state of being present fully right here and right now. And here's the, here's the beauty of, of working towards being more in a mindful state. When we're worrying about things from the past, that's actually leading us more into uh, emotions like regret, um, rumination when we circle over and over and over the same thing, but we can't fix it. Um, um, guilt lies in the past, depression lies in the past. Um, anything that happened before this exact moment has a way of pulling us, I, I think of it sort of more into the shadows because it's already been. And then anything that lies ahead, that's, that, that it hasn't happened yet. So we lead into things like emotions um, related to worry and, and um, again, also sort of ruminating, what is it going to be like? What is, what's this going to happen? And it takes us away from right here and right now. That's the direction, actually, that anxiety lies. 
Um, and so if we have a tendency to be more in that depressive, um, oh, I should have said this, or I wish I had done that, or if, on the other hand, we go more into the worry direction of like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen, and what if, and what if, right? Those are the, a lot of times the future is connected to those what-if thoughts. Mindfulness are exercises and processes and practices that keep us just right here, right now, so that when we ask the question, how am I feeling, then I can stop and check in. Like if I check in with myself, I haven't eaten yet this morning, and so when I check in with myself and I say, how am I feeling right now, I feel my the first sensation is, is my stomach hurts a little bit. I'm actually a little hungry. Um, and, but what can I do about that? I'm in a, you know, I'm in a conversation. Um, I have some cinnamon tea in front of me. I can drink that and, and feel better. I can change my position. I can, um, get some, um, aroma, uh, essential oils and maybe, um, you know, add that in to sustain me until I can go downstairs and grab something to eat. I can make choices. And when I stop and I arrive in the right here and right now, that's where those choices become a a possibility. You know, I like what both of you said, and I think it's so important about really being in the moment. And many people are maybe thinking, yeah, that's great, but how do I do that? How do I stop my brain, my mind from going to yesterday, which can create anxiety, even anger or fear or apprehension or whatever, or going into the future, which is which can also add all those other emotional stresses about things that may not ever happen. We're just ruminating about it. What do we do? What what can we do to, like, totally stop the mind? Because many people do not know how to control their mind chatter. I work with this a lot, too. What mm-hmm. What's one of the first, I want the first step that somebody can take, because they're assessing what's going on, how they're feeling with the emotional intelligence, but how do you stop the mind stuff that's going on in addition to that? Mm-hmm. Linda, you want to take that? Okay, um, I don't think you have to stop the mind from thinking, and, and, but what the key is paying attention. So I would start with closing my eyes and taking three deep cleansing breaths because that calms your body down. That puts you into a different mode. You're not in fight or flight, and that allows you to do a little bit more of, of assessment. And, and, and being aware of how you're talking to yourself, right? What you're saying to yourself. Are you being kind or are you setting yourself up for, for failure? And, um, and that's where I would start. And that's where the mind comes in because the inner mind can talk to you and be critical and really destroy whatever you're doing. And I like the idea of breathing, of taking that moment to breathe because that not only calms your body, it also gives clues to the inner mind to, like, chill. And that's, mm-hmm. that's so very important. So mm-hmm. how do we – we're talking about emotional intelligence and, and also mindfulness, and you've both given some great ideas. Is there a way that parents, not only parents, but that – yeah, well, let's talk about parents for a minute because parents have to have that level of awareness for themselves. 
But how do they teach it to their kids? How do they convey to their kids about learning and utilizing emotional intelligence so that they, too, can benefit from this? Mm-hmm. Karen, you want to start? Sure, yeah, I can speak to that. So um, it really, you know, it goes back to what I um, had mentioned in the in the beginning, the four stages of emotional intelligence that can really simply be broken down. And uh, Linda and I have created a, a, a resource and a chart um, to help um, guide along this. But um, so the, the, four, the four stages can be broken down and explained to kids in a pretty simple way. The first thing we have to be able to do is name it, right? After that breath that Linda mentioned, um, stopping and taking three just check-in breaths, and then you ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? right? So you name it. You say, oh, I'm feeling this. Okay. Am I feeling anything else? I'm feeling this. Okay. And am I feeling anything else? No, let's say. Um, and, and so first you name it. Then you say, may I it. interrupt for a second? May I interrupt sure. for a second? Yeah. How do kids, do kids necessarily know what they're feeling? I mean, especially if they've been taught to suppress mm-hmm. their feelings, how do they begin to identify? Well, this is this is nervousness, or this is agitation, or this is worry, right. or this is anger. Mm-hmm. How do they? How do they? How are they able to identify and also articulate that? I love that question because this is really where the the, the learning um, part. And the sharing part, um, because one of one of the answers is what is modeled around us is what we do ourselves. So if we are being reactive, then our kids are going to be reactive to their emotions. If we're stopping and naming our emotions and saying, whoa, let's take a break for a moment. I'm feeling overwhelmed after a long, long day, and I need five minutes before we we engage, right? Um, so being able to, to model and name it, one of the um, things that I do with families, I often work with children who come to me and are easily overwhelmed and they move into either um, uh, deep, difficult behaviors or big, hot, emotional breakdowns and meltdowns and crying and, and that sort of thing. Um, there are so many fast, easy um, emotion charts that you can get um, online. Printing one of those, teaching children then one emotion at a time, um, and and being able to actually say, "Huh, when I feel, you know, like what is your what is your body telling you?" Well, my my face feels warm, and um, and my my hands are cold. Well, that might actually be the the body sending that sort of anger um, and frustration um, that typically is driven by even deeper emotions like hurt or letdown, um, and being able to find some visuals and then talking from those visuals and um, and identifying what the feeling state is, right? Um, that's that's how you you teach kids. Every single event becomes an opportunity to learn more about what feeling is coming up. 
And then once you know what feeling's coming up, then you can go into taming it. And Linda and I created a family feel-good chart um, where you, you jot down, like, what feels good to you? What do you like to see? What do you like to hear? What do you like to um, sense or experience in your body? And being able to jot and reflect on some of those things because what is good for mama might not be good for your youngest child. They might just be woven from a different fabric. And, um, and being able to do exactly what you're saying, learn event by event what emotions are coming up, and then being able to go, first we name it and then we tame it. Right? You go and you do something that helps bring that emotion down and settle that, settle that down a little bit. Um, those are the first two absolutely most, emotion, uh, most important. And, um, and what the, the resource that we've, that we've um, created gives a lot, of op- a lot of ways to think about that and actually create that for your family. You know, I think that's so important that you both did that because we need, like you said, our what I may be experiencing may be different from what you're being you're experiencing, and how my body feels it or experiences or and and how I can talk about it is also very different. And kids need to know that there are many different ways of how we feel in our bodies and what that means. And so it's so important to be able to to have that chart. I'd love to see it too so that we can identify and kids can see what's going on and even the comparison. Well, when when you're up, your face gets really red. When I'm upset, my hands get cold. You know, the, the differences that we, that we all have that make us unique and also that, that create those similarities between us and among us, which is so very, very important. So, Joanne, Joanne may ahead, I add Linda. something? Okay, and that was beautiful. I love what you said. I just wanted to, re- to let parents know that, you know, with my teaching background, I always go to books. So um, books like Listening to My Body help children develop a better body and, and, and mind awareness. So just like what Karen was talking about, but great to do like one page at a time and just go through with your, ch- your, your children. I actually have an article about it where I have all these different books that are listed and activities that parents can do to do exactly what you said, Joanne, to open that world and unlock, you know, their emotions and, and better understand how to manage them and navigate them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what you're both doing is so important. And, and one of the first things that comes to mind to me is is when parents say, stop crying or, or, or don't be angry or whatever. And, the, and, mm-hmm. and many parents have been doing that for years without yeah. recognizing and realizing what that's doing. It's really stopping the emotion rather than like what you guys are talking about, identifying it. Okay, so now you're upset. What got you upset? Or now you're angry. What just happened that made you angry? Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. And that's so key rather than suppressing it and pushing it down, which you guys have been talking about at the very beginning. We have Mm -hmm. to be able to know what we're feeling and to decide that it's okay. It's okay for me to feel angry, not if I'm going to feel angry for the next 10 days, but to identify the anger 
work through it and be able to shift it and learn from that experience. Thank you both what you're doing. So tell uh, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, how they can find out more about the chart and the book and everything that you're doing. Linda, you want to start, and then Karen can can finish. Sure. Um, I'm super excited about the blog that I started because um, I did this for you. I did this to make uh, parenting less stressful and for you to parent with more confidence and less guilt. I see a lot of mommy guilt out there. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of resources there. Um, But as far as the kit that's coming up, um, if you go to resilientfamiliesthrive.com, okay, and you become a member, you'll be notified as soon as that kit is up and ready to, to download so that you can use it, um, uh, in, in, you know, for your family um, and for your sanity as well. I really, um, I'm on a mission with, with Karen and so many others to help uh, moms especially because this is a very uh, challenging time for them. So um, that's my information. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll also include... Um, the article that I was talking about with the strategies that you can use uh, to uh, teach your children about understanding and managing emotions through books. Karen, you're on? So, Linda, if you can email those to me, I'll be happy to promote them because I think they're very important. Thank you. Karen? Sure. As far as, um, you know, getting in touch with, with me, we have a um, AHA Studio for Integrated Therapies has a Facebook page, and um, and Linda and I have really been working together, so um, contact with me would be through my website, ahastudiotherapy.com, um, and, um, and through social media, as well as through um, um, Resilient Fam- Families Thrive as well. Wonderful. Thank you both. I, I think what you're talking about and what you're, you both created are so important, especially during this time through the pandemic and, and beyond, because parents need tools for themselves as well as being able to have those tools for their children so that children can also work with their emotions, and again, all of that benefits not only individuals and families, but as you both said, the communities as well. So thank you both for being on the Power Your Life show, and have a beautiful day. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Joanne. This was amazing. Thank you for sharing our mission. Thank you so much for your mission, both of you. Take care. So think about what both Linda and Karen said because it's so important to be able to not push down those emotions. When we do, we get in trouble. We, feel, we, we do things that we don't feel proud of. We, as both Linda and Karen talked about, we can feel guilty, as they said. We can be upset with ourselves. And rather than do that, you do, as, as both Karen and Linda said, you do have choices, choices about taking those moments and recognizing what you're experiencing and being able to figure out what can help you through that and also being able to teach that to your children and your families. So think about that and and check with both Linda Dell and Karen DeHaven because they do have techniques and tools 
to help you through that process. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to, I'll give you the short version, my website, docwhite.org. And remember that you have the ability, especially working right now through the emotions, to empower yourself each and every day. Take good care of yourself. Know that you are valuable. And have a beautiful day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.